you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They break the huddle. Gurley the single back. Two targets right, two lefts. Goff is under center. And now Higby motions to be the tight end strong left. They will toss Gurley in that direction. 20-25. He's got a lane. He slows down. He stays inbounds. And he's tackled inside the five. The NFL's touchdown leader surrenders a surefire six to ice a week eight victory. How about Todd Gurley? David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Yeah, I guess that was a savvy move, but the fantasy owners and people in the state of Nevada and beyond were not as uh, pleased with that decision by Todd Gurley. Either way, hi and hello. I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program presented by Head & Shoulders. We're ready to get you ready for Week 9 and also take a look back at what happened in NFL Week 8. We're going to be talking with David Carr in the office space in which we're set up here. Studio 66, double booked, so we make do. That's what we do. We're we're, uh, we're good when we're off script. Even better, perhaps. Sort of like uh, Russell Wilson or Big Ben Roethlisberger when they escape the pocket and it turns in the playground ball. And who better to do that with than the man seated directly across from me now. You know him as the longtime Jacksonville Jaguar. He is a UCLA legend and he is now the voice of the LA Rams on your radio dial. It's Maurice Jones-Drew. What's the poop, fella? Oh, Shaq, just hanging out, man. I, I love this new new spot we're in. It's, it's nice. Yeah, David Carr's going to – he's already been in here. I, I, you know, no jive. I pull back the curtain. We already spoke with him, and I can assure you in advance, great stuff as usual from him, not just about Derek, but uh, we we, uh, we dig into a number of issues, and uh, you'll enjoy listening to David Carr as usual. In the here and now, though, Maurice, you're going to be talking to Todd Gurley in uh, just a few minutes after you and me finish talking. Are you going to ask him about that decision right in the last minute there to fall down? Selfless, eh? Yeah, you know, know, following that team and understanding that team, I can't wait to hear his response to why he did it. And, you know, on Twitter, he's a phenomenal guy on Twitter. He talks Mm – he's what we call petty in the cultured world. You know what I mean? (laughs) In the pop culture world. He's he's a petty guy. He likes to – and I'm going to dig into that a little bit, how he's always on Twitter. And, and, you know, I think uh, Tariq Cohen – uh, did a tweet out that says something like, I'm the biggest man, or no one on the field is bigger than me. And then Todd responded, everyone actually is bigger than you, which is <laughs> which is a funny thing, right? So they're having a good time. But, no, I'm going to definitely hit into that and possibly some other things and what the Rams can do to keep this 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 undefeated season going. I, I'll tell you this. There are a few. I know the Chiefs were 5-0 in 2017, and they were rolling, and a lot of people kissed them into the Super Bowl prematurely. But when a team is rolling on the level that the Rams are at this point, you know, just really – They've had a couple of tests there up in Seattle. They The Packers put a legit scare into them, and who knows if Aaron Rodgers gets the ball, what would have happened there. But but this, is a, this has the feeling of a real juggernaut, and it really, for me, harkens back to the 99. Was it 99 when Kurt Warner yes. and company made the scene in St. Louis? Same franchise. It feels like 
they are head and shoulders, if I may say. Yeah. I don't just say that uh, for the double entendre. Above the rest of the NFC, we've talked about that. But, Maurice, you like the move by Todd Gurley. You don't think, like, in this world of fantasy, <laughs> yeah. and forget Todd Gurley doesn't care about fantasy. He actually does. I guess he already got paid, too. He yeah. also is already paid. If he weren't paid, would he have run that ball in there to no. get the extra touchdown on his uh, resume? I don't think so. I, I think, you know, uh, it's funny you say that because I actually was in that same situation in, uh, in 2009. But mm-hmm. I, talking with Todd Gurley and, and you kind of seeing their mindset, it's all about team with them. They don't, you know, he they, he understands that, yes, he's the focal point of the offense, but they have so many weapons around that, you know, if he doesn't, do well, someone else would do well. Now, you kind of saw that against the Packers. Um, but um, when you go into those situations, the coach, you know, and the Rams have done a great job. Their coaches and their players are so uh, situational aware, which is amazing, right, uh, to be such a young team, to have a young coach to be a situational aware team is is nice. And so in that situation, he, he's able to catch that sweep. He has a wide open. And, you know, he could have easily ran in and just set, like, iced the game, put Here's his defense the back out there. It. Here's the problem I, I Listen, I okay. don't want to be curmudgeonly about it. No, go it. ahead. Do it. The game was over anyway if he scores that touchdown. There's no yeah, – the Packers yeah. would have literally zero chance of winning No, nah, not game. really because they would if they go down on a quick strike, kick, an onside kick. We've seen that before. Get the ball back and you go and score. We've I seen guess. it. Yes. I don't think so, that's ever happened in NFL history, literally. I don't think that that has ever happened. I thought – didn't the Packers – weren't they up on Seattle? And they did that, and they lost in the last like. No, that they was went like into OT. Like, yeah, but that was like with two minutes. That was like two minutes know, left, four right? Minutes left. No, maybe? it was like two minutes left. It was. It was. It was one. Of Either those way, battles. I want to hear your story. You so, did this once. Yeah. So we we're playing the Jets in two thousand nine. Uh, kind of going back and forth. Um, we're about to go in to score to pretty much seal the game, uh, but we're down. I want to say by two, one or two. So uh, I get the ball, and one of their guys tackle me. And their players are yelling at him, like, what are you doing? You're tripping. Whoop. And so our coach, Jack Del Rio, who at the time, uh, still, and I still think is a really good head coach in this league, called timeout. And he goes, listen. Or they called timeout. I think they called timeout. And he goes, listen, they're trying to let you score. So, and, and this is the first time I've ever heard that. And I made sure, like, I tried to tell people, like, this was something that the coaches brought to me. And they were like, look, we understand you have incentives in your contract and all <laughs> and that. this is happening well, oh, no, on yeah, the field? Yeah, because, you know, you have to say this is a business. So, they like, there are certain incentives that everyone has that you have to reach. And, and, and at the end of the day, to me, I just wanted to win anyway. So, he mm-hmm. was like, look, you could, you, he was like, there's two options. You could either run it in and you put our defense back on the field and we have to go through that. Or you, I was like, coach, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You, you tell me what you want. He was like, run to the one-yard line and take a knee on the left hash. I was like, all right, no, that, that's what you want. Like, all good. So we run the play. I'm the only one that knows this right now. No one else knows it. No one on the, in the offensive line don't know. Quarterback doesn't know. I'm the only one that knows it. Because when you start telling people stuff like that, it messes with them. They don't, you know, it just, you, mm-hmm. just, you don't know what's going to happen. So um, I get the ball, run left, get to the left hash, and I just take a knee right in front of Darrell Rivas. And all my boys were like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? And I'm like, listen. This is something that was put in the works. Like, don't worry about it. And I went to Scobie, and I was like, yo, if you don't make this field goal, <laughs> bro, we are going to have a serious problem. What do you mean? What kind of pressure you play? He's got enough pressure nah, on his shoulders. Got, but, his but, but Scobie, you know, he's one of those rare kickers. If you put pressure on him, he performs better. And so we kind of knew that going in. So I was like, hey, 
In Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, yeah. I mean, he was he was kind of as good as in Pittsburgh. He, he was actually better in Pittsburgh. No, it just, don't talk it just that way. I mean, his family wasn't there. He was it was he had some other stuff that he had to deal with, but um you know, he went out and made the kick and we won the game. And that and, and I think that's what Todd, you know, the, the things like that when you're able to like take in such a, you know, a, a fierce environment against the Packers, the Packers fans were all over the place. Mm. All that stuff to be able to still go ahead and do that shows the maturity of this player and this team. I think what a crazy story that is. So the head coach of an NFL team to his star running back with whatever, however many seconds are left in the game is talking with you. Understand what your contract situation is, and it's better for you personally. Yeah, you have to decide. You have to decide. Well, forever ago, I remember talking. So I should. So just real quick, I think my my touchdown record. I, I think I have like a, like I don't know like eighty something odd touchdowns. I should have one more. That's right. And who knows? Maybe in Canton they'd be saying like, yeah, you know what? The eighty plus one would look even better. We could get right. the gold for that. Good for you, Maurice. I the love that. For the team. That is uh, that's quite a story. But yeah, I think that if Todd Gurley hadn't uh, hadn't had a new deal because yeah forever ago Steve Smith told me I was naive at the time Maurice I don't mind telling you yeah. I said what does anybody care like they talk about that Cam Newton it was he was a rookie or in his second year and I, I and I said to Steve Smith does it really make a difference to anybody whether it's D'Angelo Williams or Jonathan Stewart or Cam Newton scoring the touchdown yes. and Steve Smith said of course it does when it, oh they the team says it doesn't make a difference who scores until it comes time for the contract exactly. and then they look at it and say well you didn't get as many touchdowns we don't need you and they don't pay you as much so of course it matters oh, no, it, always, it always matters and I, I think that's you know that's the 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 crazy dynamic of the NFL unlike Pop Warner and high school and college when money comes involved anything can change and so. You know, you have guys who their livelihood is is, lying, is is on the line. You're like, look, I need you to take a knee, right? And don't get me wrong, Todd's had his deal, but I still think Todd would have did. He did this before, actually, as a rookie. He hmm. did this before in Arizona. So he's done it before, and he understands, and it shows that he's in, in a game where there's so much going on in a, in, a, in a business where, you know, it's such so cutthroat. You can still show, you know, that. It's it, I I don't know it's the kind of the share mentality like like hey it's okay I'll, I'm willing to sacrifice the greater for the greater good of the program. Do you think do you think Sean McVay or anybody else got in his ear? No in question. Advance? No, no he, he said he said yeah, that's what he said. He said okay. as a coaches they all talked about it going in like if you break this one remember take a knee don't go out of bounds take a knee and keep the clock running we'll ice this game and it's over. Interesting. Um, and then in sharp relief and by the way I. Uh, I'd cover it in the uh, in the week eight check report. Track it down at NFL.com slash DDFP. Um, Ty Montgomery on the other sidelines does the opposite. No, of no, no. So, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to let me go let ahead, me clarify that because I actually got a chance to watch it um, on tape yesterday when we were doing the Monday night in game with James Jones and people don't understand how hard it is. That was a perfectly kicked ball where it, it might have landed on the goal line, or might have landed one yard in the end zone. But as a kickoff returner, our whole lives as a kickoff returner, and I teach my kids this now in youth football, catch the ball going forward. You have to catch it going forward. Otherwise, if you catch it going back, you're going to miss a step and it may happen. Right. So Greg Zerline puts the ball on the, on, the, on the end line. And if you watch it, Ty Montgomery catches it going forward. Now, when he looks down, he's one yard 
either on the end zone, in line or he's one yard outside the end zone. He has to run it. Does he not know? when? Because at some point physically, you were a kick returner, obviously. Right. Um, when you look up at the ball, at some point, do you lose a sense? Because yeah, yeah, because you're you're moving, you're you're finding the ball. It's hard to like. So he doesn't mom, know. So his yeah, excuse he, is it, like that's I why you always you always route. try to look down to yeah. see where you are. But again, remember you're moving forward. So how can I catch the ball moving forward and then stop my feet at the same? Like no one can actually do that. If the Packers were going to do this, they should have told him be at the two yard line. Don't be in the end zone. Be at the two yard line. And if it goes over your head, let it go over your head. If it doesn't run up. So that's where you get – that's where the coaching has to come in. That's where – like in the NFL, there's really not a lot of coaching. There's really not. Either you can play or you can't. But the coaching comes in in these situations like that. Don't tell him to be two yards in the end zone because he's going to return it out if it's, a, if it's one yard in because he guess what? He has to come forward to catch it. If you tell him to put his heels on the goal line or you tell him to be on the one-yard line if it goes over your head, let it go – that's completely different. So it's and a that's simple, so completely in. overdone. And I asked David Carr this coming up. Now I ask you, was Aaron Rodgers in bad form then to be throwing a fit no, on the no. sideline about that? No, like he that? should be upset. I mean, but I don't think, I think it's easier to be upset at Ty Montgomery because he's the player. And, and really, I always tell people this hindsight is twenty twenty because I've been in a situation in college where the cardinal rule on punt returning is never catch the ball inside the 10. That used to be the rule. I know that's the They're cardinal never, rule. Never catch the ball inside the I 10. I know, but everybody does it anyway. Right, right. I had a guy, Craig Bragg, we were playing USC, his, his, I think it's his senior year, and he caught the ball on the two-yard line. And I'm standing next to the head coach, and I hear all type of words I've never heard this coach say because he Carl Durrell's a quiet dude, and he's MFing him and whoop, 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 and all of a sudden Craig Bragg is at the 10, puts his foot in the ground, he's at the 15, and he breaks off, and he, he ends up running a 98-yard punt return. <laughs> Halfway through it, I hear Durrell, go, go. And I'm like, so if, the, so if Ty Montgomery takes it to the house, is it a bad play now? Like, no. So, yes, he fumbled, and those things happen, and people make mistakes, but you can't sit there and get all upset because – it is who would have, and I tell Aaron, I tell uh, James Jones this. I, I told him this yesterday. I'll go. You act as if the Packers were rolling at that point, like they had put back to back. No, remember Aaron Donald just sacked them in in a matter of two seconds I right like before when people that. Do that game of that if Ty Montgomery hadn't uh, fumbled, the Packers obviously would have won the game. Your guess though, what would they have done? I, I'm with you. I think I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know what would have happened because well, at that point guess. the Rams had just figured. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm always on the Rams side, so I'm gonna say Aaron Donald would have probably sacked him twice on that drive, put him out, and they would. You know, they wouldn't have had any timeouts. They'd have been in trouble. But um, the Rams had went to a different personnel package to go against where they had more safeties on the field and they had linemen and, and corners, and they played a bigger, more athletic package who can play physical with some of these guys. I don't I don't know what would have happened. Right? I don't cuz Aaron Rodgers has had multiple comebacks and you know all those great things. But let's remember Aaron Donald had just sacked him. I mean, it was literally he caught the ball, looked and Aaron Donald was in his face. By the way, Khalil Mack, we can throw parades and everything back in early September. Aaron Donald remains the best defensive player. But I mean, then I love Khalil Mack. Sure. I, I played I played with him, blocked him, went against him. Great dude. But I've never seen a player dominate games it's like this. It's crazy. I mean, for real, let's stop and appreciate. I know he's an interior de- defensive lineman. It's and unreal. Everything, but in my days, and I've watched many guys play, and I'm not the best. I, I won't pretend that I, I won't be so fraudulent to pretend that I really understand what the nose does in the 3-4 and how dominant that can be. <laughs> I see the results of it. But the the individual dominance of, of a guy on the interior. That said, Aaron Donald jumps out at you. Even the most casual eye can pick it up. 
he's up there with Mean Joe Green. Oh yes. and Reggie White and the most dominant guys you, I've ever seen. And Dominican Sue literally has been one of the most dominant interior linemen in the league, and it's right. Like, and this is no disrespect to Dominican because he's doing a phenomenal yes. job and he's getting sacks and he's moving all around. It's not even close. Like That's Aaron right. Donald changes games from that position. And his best play is not even a sack this year. He stripped the ball from a running back while he was tackling him and fell on top of him. All in one motion. I think it's nitpicking. Where do you come down on Marcus Peters is uh, maybe biting on the cheese a little bit too much. That's who he season. is. That's who yeah, he right. is. That, I mean, that's what – how do you get 45 turnovers in three years if you're not aggressive corner? That's who he is. That's what he was. And by the way, we say it a million times, but I'm going to say it for the million and first. In the 21st century, your defense needs to generate turnovers. That's it. Maybe not for the Rams. No, this, yes, oh, for the Rams. For That's their how they win. Point totals, but even for the Rams, I'm with you. That's yeah. how you win games in the, in the NFL. It's not about stopping offenses anymore. It's about being aggressive and flipping, getting the ball, getting that extra possession. Yes, one or two times a game makes the difference in the NFL in these shootouts that we keep seeing here. Very quickly. One, I mean, these are the, let's go yeah. fast action here so you can get to Todd Gurley. I don't want, I'd feel bad if you miss Todd as a, as I'm a result. I'm not going to miss him. All right. Well, all right. But maybe if we get so swept up, maybe yeah. you find the conversation so compelling here. That no you, question. Like, what happened? Oh, I, did I miss I you? I thought Todd? we were supposed to go quick. So interesting we got to go quick. To. We got to go quick. So I'm about to miss Todd. All right. Ryan Switzer. Missed the, didn't know the kick rules. Did you know the Situ- kick rules? Yeah, when you were situational playing? football. That's you have to understand it. You, you some some guy like, but but it, because it's a punt, it, it is confusing sometimes. But a, the coach has to tell him that, like, remember, this is a kickoff. Mm-hmm. They're just punting the ball. That's right. It is yeah, on the coach. Yeah. It's not on the player. Right. I agree with that. Next, worried about the Jags. How uh, scale of one to ten? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm a three. I mean, oh, a three being like terrified. Most concerned. Yeah. Your most concerned is seven. a ten. I'm a seven. Uh oh. And but but I have to see when Leno Fournette comes back how they play. Well, it may not really make a difference if the Texans keep on playing the way they're playing. They now be playing got... But any but the, with the AFC, I think a wild card is easily hit if you win ten games. Hmm. So yeah, the Jags would have, well, they don't have an easy path, but they yes. got to play the rest of their division, which is fine. You play Houston again. You if you split with them, you beat the Colts, you They're beat the Titans. Need to take that one, you got to yeah, you got to make it happen because that because that Texans defense isn't jive either. Um, and uh, lastly, let's wrap it up here. How did the T Birds do this week? Oh, we won. Did you thirty three zero? We're in the playoffs now. We had little, you know, the the beautiful thing about this thing is we played all our nine year olds. Um, and we, we played our, some of our older guys, but uh, we were playing a team who was kind of put together three different teams. So they, they had some issues. They had a big running back who ran actually well. It looked like Jerome Bettis. Uh, and my kids had to tackle him. That seemed unfair against nine-year-olds. No question. But, I, I mean, that's why they're in there. You got to come in and you got to come up and hit. So we saw some guys come up and do some good things. What do you do? Say go low? Oh, yeah. That's the only way you do. Like, I tell them, like, tackle low all the time. There's no reason to hit a guy up high if you, if you don't have to. Just tackle low and get him down. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still practicing those things. But we're going. We're in the playoffs now. We're the four seed. Uh, we're, we're about to play a team we played week one that we beat, and they have a couple of runners that are really good. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, like I tell my kids, we'll bump bellies with anybody. We'll figure this thing out the old-fashioned way. <laughs> well, this is a banner show because two of my very favorites to kibitz with around here, Maurice Jones-Drew showing you why, David Carr still mm. to come here. Maurice, go have fun with Todd Gurley. And let me tell you, the audience, about G Suite. It's a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, slides, sheets, and drive. I tell you about this all the time. 
And listen, if you sit in a cubicle, if you're working on a computer, if you address documents, if that's a part of your daily work, then you are going to love this because everybody has now had the experience here in the 21st century of having 20 identical versions of the same document labeled file. You have no clue which one is the latest. So you go and you use G Suite by Google Cloud. It lets everybody on the team. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Even if you're sick. See, I'm working at home. I don't know. What, what document are you talking about? Oh, well, we're all working on the same one. You see? That's why, where G Suite comes in. To find out more about it, go to gsuite.com. And by the way, I don't mean like sugar sweet. I mean like the fancy room, which is what you get because you're moving up to the fancy office when you use G Suite by Google Cloud. Dave Demashek. All right, let's get it going here with the week eight exit interview. And who is seated across from me this week? Let's lower the desk. Oh, I love wow. these things. That is, that's really nice. Well, look who it is. It's David Carr, everybody. I'll tell you, 2018. How are you, Crazy. D Carr? I'm doing great. How are you? Are you? It's yeah. nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. Yeah. All right, let's break it all down. Another tough week for Derek. Yeah. Derek I mean, had a fine game. He had a fine game, but I mean they lose by double digits. So, you know, you're kind of just good job, man. You know, you threw a couple touchdowns. You ran one for the first time in half a decade. That was great. Um, but wow. Yeah, they got a lot of work to do. Before we before we do, they got anything a lot of picks else. though. Does that help? You know what's crazy? That's true. They do. <laughs> hey, you know what's? Uh, l- let's before we jump into the uh, larger world of pro football. Okay. Uh, let's revisit something that we covered. I didn't know it was going to turn into a, a big national story two weeks later. But you and I first kibitzed about Derek, perhaps weeping. We did. And you called as a bigger brother, as you're supposed to do, right. and you gave him the business for it. That's your role. Right. That's your job. Mom's there. Whether to, or not he was crying, it didn't matter. Right. Mom's there to be like, oh, Derry. Yeah, right? Did she it's call him fine. Derry? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's fine. Derry, don't you worry about it. But big brother's role is Never. to give him the business. Because who else is going to say anything to his That's face? It. I mean, they might say something on like Twitter or something. Well, but as it turns to out. To his face directly, they will not say As it say turns anything. out, anonymous people in the Raiders locker room supposedly were giving him the business. Do you buy any of that? Not one percent. I know it's a story that's now a week old. And yeah, but I mean, like, moved uh, on very quickly from because it seemed like such nonsense right out of the gate. But, but like, you can do like so the people that tune in to the podcast, they can just go see what Lee Smith said about that whole situation. It kind of sums up right. my feelings on the whole thing. So let's transition. The other thing that we've talked about, well, we've talked about several things over the course of the 2018 season and Eli Manning and Saquon yeah. Barkley and Odell and that all amounting to one win thus far. And I'm going to ask you again, update. The Raiders have said, no, Derek is our QB yeah. for the foreseeable future, which is a little, do you see that as gray or, or, or well, am I reading into it? No, that's very gray. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that you have to kind of look at it that way because just based on what, what they've done so far this year, I mean, you would have said that Khalil Mack is probably untradeable before the season started. And they'll, get, they'll figure it out. They'll pay him. They'll figure out how to way to structure the contract. They'll get Khalil into camp. Well, that didn't happen. And then Amari Cooper is another young guy that they brought in that's played pretty good football, albeit oh, up and I'll down. Go, I'll go one further for you. <laughs> okay, John Gruden, one of the first conversations, as soon as Gruden got hired, you yeah. and I talked about that. Gruden announced, oh, yeah, Amari Cooper, this offense in 2018 runs through I remember Amari. That. I, I remember that and exact you and I point. sort of uh, yep. laughed at that and said, 
hey, Amari drops it a lot. A lot. Doesn't seem like he's... For it to go through one guy like that, you'd want to be a little bit more productive. But, yeah, or you, you want know. him to be like Jerry Rice in terms of yeah. commitment. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, or, or passion for the game. And right. I'm not sure if that's just because you need to change the scenery or what. But who knows? We'll see what happens in Dallas. But yeah, I mean... When when John says that, and I take him for his word that he says he didn't plan on trading Amari Cooper, but if someone calls with an interesting offer and a first round pick, then what are you going to do? You know, you're going to make the appropriate decision. So, I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone could call and offer someone or something for Derek where he would say, uh, "Yeah, I kind of have to do it." Like, why would you? Well, exactly. You know, do you? And the here and now, we're yeah. talking on Monday midday. Do you anticipate Derek mm-hmm. Carr wearing? teal and gold and whatever the Jags wear <laughs> by the end of this week? Do you think he wears Giants blue by the end of this week? Mm-hmm. Or do you think he's still in silver and black? I know it's unpopular, uh, but I, I, I don't think that he gets traded. You don't? I, I really don't. All right. Yeah. I know I know. it would be better for me to say that, yeah, I think that is a possibility. He'll probably be in Jacksonville by the end of the week, and Tom loves him, and he's known him since – Tom Coughlin's known Derek since he was 10, 10 12 years old, but it's – it's not. It's not. I don't Popular think. Popular or otherwise. Happen. Well, all yeah, I ask for I just you don't is think it's no jive. What I think, no yeah, exactly. Policy. And I think that if I, if we were just sitting here and it wasn't on camera, I would just say that. I would say that I think that John really believes the offensive guy. He has a core group of guys and his quarterback and his center and his two guards that he's not going to get rid of. Everybody else can be traded. They can be cut. They are expendable to him, and I really think that's what what he's looking at is is right there in that that group. I can I got a left tackle that I think Colt Miller's going to be okay. We'll have to find something at right tackle, but they played the offensive line played pretty good yesterday. They scored some points. Derek played well, so that's I think that's what he sees as his thing that he can hang on to if everything else goes away. You know, they always talk about. I remember when uh, Billy Cundiff. Remember when he missed that kick I for do. the Ravens against the Patriots? They were about to pull off the impossible, or right. they were at least going to force overtime on Billy Cundiff's very short field goal. He blew it. Yep. I remember Ray Lewis, among others, saying it's not on the kicker. It's not his fault. He's on our team. What do you make of Aaron Rodgers? I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. I've yeah, said that over and over you. and over again. Yep. As I sit back, though, a little bit, what do you make of Ty Montgomery? Is he the villain in this, or is the team sort of like, I mean, they're just blatant, they're just blatantly across the board saying, like, yeah, yeah it's 88's fault. We yeah. would have won. won if it weren't for 88. Yeah, it's almost like it's expected. Like, if had he had just taken a knee, Aaron would have eventually, even like you hear the comments from Jared right. Goff, like, Jared, I, you know, it was, in, it was out of my hands. Aaron Rodgers was going to get the ball and he was going to score. It's like almost uh, just, we just kind of gave it to him. Where I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, the Rams are a good defense. They could show up. You don't win every time you go out there in a minute and a half or two minutes left in the game, especially even if you're Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't happen every time. So, I mean, you would have, I mean, it is easy to just say, yeah, it's time to get result. It's easy. My father was a doctor. And, you know, I, here's a miss. Uh, and I have friends who are doctors uh-huh. and uh, I run in fast companies. You can I notice that. Tell. Um, I, uh, you know, here's a common thing, uh, a common misconception. Doctors don't care. Like, oh, you take off all your clothes and be nude. Like, they don't care. <laughs> sure. They've seen it a million times. Like, oh, no, they're aware. You know, they're Definitely. doctors are aware. Yeah. See, uh, that's uh, what I thought. Uh, they have eyes. They're human that. beings. Right. In the same way. It, of course, is the company line almost always that you don't point fingers. We win and lose as a team, all that kind of stuff. Unless. Did David Carr ever, okay. do you harbor feelings of resentment for teammates who cost you victory? Yeah, absolutely. You do? Yeah, I think it's only natural. I still think about games where we were playing the Rams. Um, this is my second or third year. 
we get up 21 nothing at halftime. We're like, we got this, right? We went on the ball. We were on, you know, no huddle. I'm calling my own plays. I'm having a great time. Second half comes in. Coach says, all right, we're going to get a little more, you know, conservative. You know, just, just be smart about what we do with the football. So first now I'm upset with the coaching staff. All right, I'm already upset. So we get in the I formation. There goes the lead. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes off the bench. Fitz magic, right? This was like two decades ago. His very first appearance was in Houston, Texas. This is literally true. This is literally true what you he did. You got Fitz magic. Fitz, I was the first person to get Fitz magic. No way. Yes, yes. And he came out there and we're like, where's this guy from Harvard? Like, what is this? He can't. I mean, he maybe he'll be smart, but he won't be able to. Oh, there goes another one. Oh, there goes another one. And then we lose. A couple, couple onside kicks later. How defense. that? Yep. See, had, it's had not a feel-good story for everybody. No, it's not. Not if you're on the other side of things. But, you know, I find myself, ironically, kind of still cheering for Ryan when he goes out there. The bank, And it is funny because yeah. that is literally, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, now? it really was, yeah. Fitzmagic comes in. Jameis goes out. I, you know, we talked about this as well three, four weeks ago, I think. They had to. I don't understand the people that are that are rising up now and saying, boy, the dirt cutter. Did the team no favor? I mean, you're feel yeah. obviously feel free. You don't need me to encourage yeah, you no, to disagree. Sure. But um, they had, you know, this the as we say all the time, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not going to win Super Bowl Fifty Three no with Fitzpatrick or Jameis. Correct. Ergo, you have spent the first overall pick on Jameis. You're into him pretty good now yeah. on a franchise level. You must now find out. Whether or not he is your future, yeah, and perhaps now they have found. I don't. I, I don't begrudge Cutter or anyone else in the building. No, saying we got. Well, we got to find out what the kid is. Yeah, you had to play him. Yeah, I, I, you had to put him back in. I mean, even with. And then Ryan didn't have the great game, you know. So he gets. He gets kind of okay. Thanks, Ryan. That was fun. Now we're gonna go see what we have. Make it sure was James easy is. to do because yeah. of the Steelers exactly. Monday night exactly. game. Exactly, and, that, a and, month that, ago, and right? that worked out pretty good. So, James. But the problem is, like for me, is I'm kind of over. And I'm sure Jameis is great. I haven't spent a lot of time with him. I've been to different events with him, but I'm over it. I'm over it because he, he's done too many things that he did in the past uh, at the at the Florida State level. Even though they won, they won a national championship. But the turnovers that he threw yesterday are, are turnovers that we've seen. You're not before. talking off the field stuff. You're. I'm talking. not talking off. The, I'm talking completely on the field. You cannot turn the football over at that rate to and expect to be a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. You just you can't do it. They're going to find someone else. That's why when Ryan goes in there, aside from turning the football over, he looks great and he goes up and down the field because they have a talented offense. They have they have pieces and Dirk Cutter can call offense. Mm-hmm. Like they're not even passing offense. They're like fifty yards ahead of every other team in the league. Like they're not even close. They're they're running away with this thing. But you turn the football over like that, you kind of you kind of tie the hands of everybody around you and you. You're going to end up finding yourself somewhere else to play. Make a make a bold prediction. Jameis Winston will I think never start another NFL game. We'll get a crack as the main man get to start again. a season again, or we'll have to come off the bench a la Fitzmagic I think because and save of, the day for a team, I or think, at least get the chance to try. I think, that, I think that there's a chance that he'll be traded before the end of the year uh, because I don't think that he can see the field again in Tampa because if he goes on the field now yeah, and he right. gets hurt – then they're stuck, you know, with the twenty million dollars or whatever. Oh, it is. I thought you were going to say from fan pushback. No, well, that too. Locker room pushback. That too. What are you doing? Well, I know, I know for a fact, Deshaun Jackson, all these guys, they want Ryan right. to be the quarterback. They they want him. I mean, I've heard it from guys. You know, they know who they want at quarterback. And if Jameis goes out there, you're going to lose the locker room. And then I think that you're, you're probably going to end up losing some games. But then. If he gets hurt now, the now the front office and the ownership they're stuck with him for another year. So I think that. Hmm. I don't think Jameis Winston takes another snap for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ever. 
So yeah. at the very least, he's done with the box. Yeah, and he'll get a shot somewhere else because he's a talented guy, and people will see him on film and say, man, look at this. Look at this, and there's enough good there to where some coach has enough ego to say, you know what? I can make Jameis Winston. I you know, Listen, work. I'm cynical like that, too, and I get the egos of these guys who run offenses in the NFL and are head coaches, and they can't resist the temptation. I can fix it. Yep. But isn't there something to be said for, uh, like the Browns are now doing with Baker Mayfield, and probably mm-hmm. more than for any other reason than for the good of Baker Mayfield's uh, next four years in the NFL, they need to change things up. They need oh, to yeah. get their Nagy, their McKay, their McVeigh, their Andy Reid. The yeah. best of them all, to me, is still Andy Reid. But anyway. Well, and I, right? I think that, absolutely, I think that, you know, when it's not a popular decision, and even as a quarterback, you sit there and you think, well, what's Baker going to do now? Like now you kind of, you basically said, Hey, let's go mountain biking. We get to the top of the mountain or we get about halfway down. I'm going to take your helmet off. I'm going to take your front shock off. I'm going to maybe take your gloves away. And, and we're just going to keep going. Like he almost doesn't have any help for the rest. So he's got to kind of survive the rest of this year, which is kind of sketchy. I completely agree. Why don't they keep Todd Haley? You, you had, that's why I'm, that's why the whole thing just went brown. It went sideways. Like yeah. it completely went sideways. You have to keep someone. Todd Haley would have been the easy guy to keep around. And then you could have promoted like an Al Saunders to the head coach. And he can kind of be in between him right. and the defensive, you know. But now you got you got my man crazy boy over here leading the team greg, greg williams. williams i don't know if you heard he likes to swear a lot i mean and the guy now he's gonna be hysterical <laughs> to everybody around them. right that's no his he's, primary characteristic yeah i'm just gonna drop it as a comma you know just <laughs> maybe stop you know so that's not what i need for baker but but i will say that getting out ahead of the thing as far as bringing in a young guy like i don't, I don't want to see an old offensive coordinator get hired again like go retire like it's time for young guys that have never had college or never had coaching experience like bring doug peterson in like bring matt Nagy in bring one of those bring lincoln riley in i mean i know he probably was not it's not gonna want to leave oklahoma but he should be your first phone call the problem that i have with the browns is 28 or 30 teams went to see lincoln riley about advancements and offense and not one of those 28 or 30 teams were the Browns. That is crazy. They have your old quarterback. Is that true? I didn't know That's that. That's 100% true. I know So 90% like, of the NFL, 90% of the NFL went to visited go see him. with the progressive-minded Lincoln yep. Riley to sort of tap into what he's got going on. And, and who his, didn't? And only the Browns. And like one or two other teams. And they take Mayfield anyway. And they take Mayfield, huh. and then they don't even ask his old coach how to, how to manage him. It's wow. crazy to me. So... Sounds very Browns. Yeah, anyway, it's very Browns. All right, let's do this now. I released, along with NFL Films, They, I, have, I am now doing this for the remainder of the 2018 season, mm-hmm. Damashek's top 100 players as of right now. If the oh, season ended I saw today. The, I think I saw the tweet where they get smaller and well, smaller. Yes. The picture. I, need, I need the input of David Carr. Okay. You get what's going down in pro football. I got you. It kind of plays essentially if it's since this if the season ended today and we're more or less at the halfway point in the year. Yeah. Kind of like your MVP ballot. Give me your top yeah. five. David Carr in between weeks eight and nine, 2018. Shoot. Start okay. at number five. Can you do that? Ooh, Matt? at number five. Okay. Well, if you want to start no, one, no, I, I was good because I have the top four. I have a, I have a pretty good feel for the top four. The fifth guy is such a toss-up to me because you, I, I get thrown into. Throw, I get, it's fine because well, I got to like, do a hundred, so you can throw. Like off he fumbled, three, but games. Adam Thielen for me is a guy that is yep. an incredible football player. He has incredible routes, great athlete, makes catches that Odell and all these guys make, um, and the production's off the charts. So he's kind of a guy that kind of floats at number five for okay. me. Um, number four is 
Todd Gurley. Whoa, Todd I'm Gurley is by how low you have him. I know because of my affinity for quarterbacks. Okay, that's why he's so low. Fair. Todd Gurley is the best non-wide receiver, non-quarterback football player out there. So what I'm hearing is then Aaron Donald is not going to make an appearance not in the win play show. I don't know that a defensive player will ever make my top five. I don't want to spoil <laughs> it for anybody, but it's just not going to happen. Okay. Number three is Patrick Mahomes. I'm intrigued. Yeah, Patrick I know. Ma- there are two more QBs I know. still to come. You probably can guess who they are. No, I can't now. Okay. My head's spinning. Patrick Mahomes is number three. Okay. And just because Patrick is still has some room to grow, I still think that he has – it's the tip of the iceberg for me. I think that he's going to be even better. That's fine. But if you, if you had the, the vote right now, yeah. the guy who would win the MVP is Patrick Mahomes. And I'll tell you what else, too. The, the thing that would make that, that actually so yeah, okay. is that Todd Gurley and Jared Goff and Aaron Donald – would split votes, and so that yeah. would make it. I, I'm right. talking practically. No, you're right. You're Patrick exactly Mahomes right. Would definitely win. He would win if you had the back. And same thing. If, even if you want to talk about the Saints, Drew Brees and Kamara would get some votes and steals yeah. from Brees. So, so anyway, true. continue. All right. Number two, you guys. I mean, this is see. I've already let. I, I actually put Adam Thielen ahead of everyone's possible goat at his position. So, spoiler alert: number two is Drew Brees. All right. For me. And All number right. one is Aaron Rodgers. And Tom Brady does not make my top five. Aaron Rodgers. Number I one love player. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, Aaron's the best player in the league. He's the best player in the league. He's the best he's the best player at his position that I've ever seen. As we talk about well, I agree with that. But I, while we talk um, we're talking twenty eighteen, yeah, eight we are. weeks eight weeks through the season. Yeah. Tell me why. Give me that update because we are swooning to Mahomes and what he's oh, doing yeah. and what's happening in New Orleans. Now, two, sure. two straight really tough road wins for that team, just yeah. the one loss. By the way, the guy who I always uh, am pounding the table for, keep pounding, number one Superman, Cam Newton. Yeah. Unorthodox way to get it done, but he keeps getting it done. You know what I like about Cam is uh, is – when North Turner was hired, I was one of the people, along with many others, who said, "I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure right. if this is going to work." I was work. with you on that because North Turner is an I formation guy. You know, he had Ladainian Thompson. They run the power. You know, that, how does that fit into with what Cam does and with what all these, you know, this new age offense is looking like? Like, how's North going? North has evolved, and it is. It's hmm. fun. Yeah, I think he's done a great job because he still has the old school power. Uh, he still has the play action bootleg to the naked. There's no one on the backside like Cam scored on it the other day. Um, but then he's still able to do new things. And I think that's really cool that he's actually taking the time. He doesn't have to. Norv's, he's done enough in this league and say, you know what? This is how we're going to do it. If I get fired in a year or two, whatever. This is I'm not changing. I'm not going to spend any extra time. But he didn't do that, and he knew he had he had some weapons with Curtis Samuel, with, uh, with McCaffrey, with, with all these guys that he can – kind of create something new, and I think he's done a fantastic job. Well, by the way, I'm a little offended that you didn't name Phil Rivers now. I'm Phil Rivers is, you see, he's, you said top five, and it makes it really difficult. There's a lot of good players out there, Dave. Phil Rivers is in my, I think I do like a top ten or something. Top ten? Yeah, and he's in my top ten. Yeah. All right. Phil Rivers I like a lot. Antonio Brown in your top ten? Yeah, I think so. I had to think about that one for a minute. Yeah, I, yeah Antonio Brown. I like. I just like how Antonio works. I mean, he he came. He, he wasn't handed things at the beginning of his career. He had to work for it. I like that. I respect that. And he's a talented kid. Um. All right. We'll wrap it up there. As always, we appreciate the time. But actually, one more question. Okay. Coming out of the bye, who's under center for the New York Football Giants? Your old friend Eddie Spaghetti is on record now. The man who. Eli supporter. 
perhaps even a greater supporter than one David Carr. I would I would agree with that. I've and yet he's now today. off. Really? He's now saying Lauletta. Wow. You know what? Man, that's that's difficult because you're saying, and and we probably have already said this with some of the moves that we've made as the Giants organization. But you're saying it's over the season. Eli's done. You're saying it's all over because Eli's not going to play next year. Well, I don't know why they wouldn't. You don't think Eli's going to? Oh, for the next year for the Giants. He's not going to be a Giant next year. So if you think that Kyle is a guy that you know can go out there and maybe give you something, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sold on that, but. It might be the best thing for the team, but you do. But for how about for Eli? Do you you see Eli as not just a viable option, but as a plus QB if th- you give him a good offensive? I line? think he's a plus QB if you give him a good offensive line. So I've seen it. So yeah. the tail is not written. I mean, he's. I don't think that his skills are what they once were. But I don't think Drew Brees' skills are once that what the, what they once were. You know, I, I watch Drew Brees and I know that he doesn't push the ball down the field. Is as, Eli seeing ghosts at this point, though? Is I think those ghosts are bit? legit, real, hitting him with two by fours. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so point. I think that it it, it kind of comes with the territory. I've been in that situation where like, are you seeing ghosts? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but then I'm also getting hit by them. So are they real? Like, someone has to tell me, are the ghosts real? Because some of them hit me and some of them don't. So I need help with Adrian that. Adrian Peterson's not a ghost, but he he kind of feels like, wow, he's still doing that. And he's yeah. still relevant and still being oh, productive. Dude, Adrian is. Do you suppose that Gettleman and company sitting up in the luxury box looked down and realized that they had made a grave error? Finally, yeah. Maybe eight weeks in, realized, boy, we kind of screwed this up. We yeah. didn't need to take this admittedly great running back in right. Saquon because the, the how do we know that? Because look at what Adrian Peters uh, right. Peterson's doing. He's thirty four years old or whatever. He it is. was yeah, that you was the difficult. Need that, you didn't, you didn't need, it. need it. You don't need it. It's nice to have. It's like something that you buy and you're like, I don't really need this, but it's really cool. You know, I'm just gonna get it. And that's what they did because he's it, Saquon's one of the best players in the league. He's dynamic, fantastic, but he can you can see his talent is clearly evident, but. The group that he's with is just not it's not good enough. Well, the the, the two examples that yeah. I have started to summon over and over again now are Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. Yeah, unfortunately. Perhaps one and two, the yeah. best ever. Man, that's and sad. Neither one of them ever did anything. And he's only well. in halfway through year one and we're already sweetness. Yeah. Well, sweet well, but the point is sweetness, yeah. as dominant as he was, one of the great players, and, right. and everybody collectively signed off on yep. him as one of the all time greats. But yeah. it was eight years or so before the team got good and, that, right. and Barry never got to well, be. Well, that's what I really keep thinking team. is like, I remember I grew up in, in more in the era of when Barry Sanders was really going and just watching him with the Lions, And you're like, can they get a, can they get some help around the guy? Because he has more negative yardage runs than anybody in the league, but then he'll crack off these huge runs. A lot like Saquon Barkley. And you just hope that, because when you said that initially, I was like, we got to sit through that again. That's what's well, going to be for Barkley. That's a conversation for Hopefully another fix time it. because I disagree with you a little bit about Barry Sanders. I think he liked to dance and try and hit the home run a little bit. Yeah, but it was fun much. to watch, though. It was fun to yeah. watch. Barkley is a little bit better than that. We're going to leave it there, and we leave on a vaguely cross note. But this goodbye, isn't, David. This isn't Carr. weird at all when you raise the desk and I have to sit here um, and watch it go up. I think it's a power move, is what it it's is. It's a complete power move. Cheers, feels low. See ya. Good luck to you. Thank you. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 